Lord. All right. We have been talking about the topic of freedom since last week because the freedom is a very important factor, important part of our lives. As a matter of fact, freedom is one of the essential elements of human condition because freedom is a prerequisite for mutual relationships. God created us out of his great love to have a loving relationship with him. Therefore, he gave us the gift of free will to choose that relationship. Without free will, without freedom, there is no true love, true loving relationship. So our ultimate reason for being is to glorify God and enjoy him forever as free people, not enslaved people, but as free people. And we can truly be free in Christ Jesus. I'm trying to summarize what we've been talking about last week. But if you look at, if you recall last week, we clarify the notion of freedom. We Americans, we understand freedom and we emphasize on freedom so much, politically, socially, you know, even ideologically. But do we actually know freedom the Bible talks about? Many think that the freedom is about doing whatever we feel like doing, especially in our generation today. And that's the notion of free will, per se, or free choice, not freedom. Now, the concept of freedom is a bit different from the free will or free choice. Freedom is the state of being free from external restrictions or limitations that hinders individual autonomy. Meaning the freedom is a condition of exercising free will, free choice. Thus, that condition has to be protected by the boundaries of law. One of the Greek philosophies, Cicero, said this, we are bound to the law in order that we may be free. So the freedom has to be protected by the boundaries. However, according to Oz Guinness, We are at the point in our Western consumer societies where people confuse freedom with free will or choice as they are dazzled daily by ever-expanding array of external choices in consumer goods and lifestyle options. He said this, the pursuit of freedom has, has led to a pursuit of choices and Uh, rather than the content of any choice, has become the heart of freedom. The result is that modern people value choice rather than good choice. When we talk about freedom, we only focus on just choice. So people are confused to the point that they're obsessed with choice rather than the content of that choice nor the condition that makes that choice possible. That's why we hear all kinds of crazy ideologies today, even in America. People are so obsessed with choice or choosing whatever they want, doing whatever they want, they have forgotten the boundaries that protect the condition in which the choice can be possible within the law and order. So we see this in our cultural realm, even in the political realm today. And the, the effect is 
it's, it's crazy. Uh, many cities are forsaking the law and order in the name of freedom. So when man exercise free will to sin by trespassing the boundary of God's given law of love, choosing our own ways rather than God's way, we actually lost our freedom. Because freedom has to be guarded and framed by the law. So when we do whatever we want, we fell into actually slavery. In other words, if you apply that into our relationship with God, as we sinned against God, trespassing the boundary of what God has given us, we fell into the slavery of sin. So we may still have free will, we can still choose things within the options, but we don't really have true freedom to choose what is right. That is why Jesus said in John chapter 8 today, he said, I'll tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is slave to sin. So we are not free as we think we are. Politically, yes, we are probably more free than any other people in this world. Socially, we may be free. Economically, we may be free. But in our essence, in our spirituality, in our relationship to God, in our spirituality, we are not free. Then what is true freedom? I have the freedom to do whatever I want. I'm not a slave, some might, be, some might say. I'm an American. We are free people here. Sounds familiar to those people who are speaking to Jesus. We are the descendants of Abraham. We are not slaves. Well, when we take God out of our, our life, something else replaces God in our lives. When we reject his decree, his word, his principles, his presence in our lives, we become slaves to our own feelings and desires and even to the mere materials, and we become slaves to ourselves. That is the heart of sin. When you take God out out of your own life, out of all our nation, on our own society, what will happen is that we will become a slaves to something else. We are slave to material goods. You know, so many Americans, we are slaves to money. And you might say, money does not control you, control me. I don't go crazy about making money. I, maybe you're not, but... You are living for making money. Then you are a slave to money. You are always constantly worrying about your financial situation. That means the money is controlling you. You are a slave to material or money. If you're constantly thinking about what you want to get all the time, you are a slave to that. If you're constantly thinking about having relationship with, illegitimate relationship with a woman. You are a slave to the sexual lust. I mean, if you think about it, everything that we do, if you are sinning in our lives, we are being controlled by our sin, meaning we are being slaves to that sin. That's what Jesus is talking about. 
Are we then free? No, we are not free. We are not free from sin. What is sin? Rejecting God, doing whatever we feel like doing, disregarding His word, disregarding His presence, and forsaking His ways, and doing whatever is good in our eyes and whatever we feel like doing. That is the heart of sin. Not just violating the law, not just doing bad things. Yeah, that's all part of it. But the essence is, I'm going to do whatever I like to do. Don't tell me, God. Don't tell me what to do. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing. If I feel like leaving my family, I'll do that. If I feel like just squander my money, I will do that. If I feel like whatever, you fill in the blank. And that is what Jesus is talking about. We are free. No, everyone who sin is a slave to sin. We are not. Now, only way that we can be free from power of sin is through Jesus Christ. The Bible claims that Jesus has freed us from the slavery of sin through the cross. Why the wage of sin is death? Somebody has to pay the price for that sin. The sin can be only be resolved through death. That is why in the Old Testament, instead of killing our own, ourselves, we kill the animals as a symbol of death in behalf of our sin. But when Jesus came to this world as the ultimate sacrificial lamb, he died on the cross to die, he died on the cross for the sins of this world. That is why when we put our trust in Jesus, now the forgiveness of God is available to us all. And that is the only way we can deal with our sin. We can resolve the problem of our sin, Jesus. That's why last week I said Jesus is the source of our freedom. As he died on the cross, rose again from the dead, the forgiveness of sin is available to those who believe in him. Jesus said, if the Son has set you free, you will be free indeed. Do you believe that Jesus is your source of your freedom? Do you understand the message of the cross? Do you understand why Jesus had to come to die on the cross, rose again from the dead? That's the gospel that we must hold on to until the very end. No matter what this world says, no matter what we feel like thinking, feel like, we must hold on to the gospel. Jesus, die on the cross for our sin. Amen. Jesus is not only the source. If you remember, recall last week, he's also the process of our freedom, meaning As he rose again from the dead, he gave us new life. Now, through the death of Jesus, forgiveness of of sin came. Now, uh, through the resurrection of Jesus, now we have received the life, being free from the life of freedom. And Jesus continually teaches us to be free through his word. That's why Jesus said, If you hold my teaching and you are my disciples, And if you study my word 
and hold, to hold on to my teaching, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Every single day, as we build our relationship with Jesus, seeking his word and understanding his truth, guess what? The truth of Christ, the word of Christ will set us free. He is the process of our freedom. That's why I challenged all, challenged all of us last week. Are we free, more free today than yesterday? As we continue to hold on to the teachings of Jesus Are we going to be more free tomorrow than today as we grow in his word? If we are not, meaning if we are continually struggling with the sins, continually wanting to go back and rejecting the truth of the Bible, you need to ask this question, are you truly free? In other words, do you really have faith in Christ Jesus? Why? Jesus is the process of our freedom. Last but not least, Jesus is the completion of our freedom, meaning when this process is going to go on all of our lives and we will continue to be free more and more as we seek Jesus in his presence, in his word. But one day when Jesus comes back to this world, by the way, he will come back to this world. He will literally come back from the sky. He will come down from heaven with the host of the heavenly realm. And he's going to come and establish the kingdom. It's not science fiction. It is the reality of this world. Jesus is coming back. Amen. When he comes back, we will be free completely. No longer we will struggle with sin. No longer we will have this fight against sin. He will take that away from us completely, make us whole. We call it glorification, meaning God will glorify even in our body. Right now, our spirit, we have received new spirit. No longer we are, our spirit is the power of sin, but we are still living in the presence of sin with our flesh. That is why the flesh is not completely glorified yet. We are being sanctified. So that's why we still struggle even as believers of Jesus Christ. Make sure you understand that. That's why even Paul said, how wretched sinner I am. I I do the things that I don't want to do, but I don't do the things that I really want to do. My spirit, renewed by the Holy Spirit, wants to do good things, but my flesh, in the presence of sin, I still struggle. So we, even as Christians, will struggle. As same as other non-Christian people, we will face temptation of sin continuously. By the way, even Jesus was tempted when he was here. He never fell into sin. We know that. But he, as a, because he had a flesh and he was a human, he faced that in the presence of sin. But be sure of this. When Jesus comes back, he will completely free us from sin and we shall wait for that long for that day amen now if christ if you are in jesus christ therefore you are free indeed you have received the freedom from christ and from now it's we need to learn to enjoy and live out that freedom live in that freedom that he gave us and that is the question today we would like to ask 
As we read Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, it says, even Christians, we are, we are struggling in misusing our freedom in Christ. Paul is writing to the people, the church, the, the people church. He's writing to the, the all of us. He's writing, hey, you are free indeed in Christ Jesus. There, but do not misuse your freedom. Because that means that we as a Christian, we can surely misuse our freedom in Christ Jesus. And Paul is warning us about misuse of freedom in two ways as we read today's passage. First is legalism. Everyone say legalism. That means having faith in works and what we do. Listen to this. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, do not submit again to the yoke of slavery of the law. According to the legalism, the Christianity is a set of commands which, if you obey, will improve your standing in the eyes of God and make you a faithful Christian. That means you must earn God's approval and even salvation through what we do. Through our works. You'd be surprised. So many Christians believe that today. People call themselves Christians and you say, how are you being saved? They say, through my good works. I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to do good, good deeds so that my good deeds will literally outweigh my bad deeds. By the way, Muslims believe that too. That's their theology. Their work theology, meaning they're, they're, they really want to achieve salvation through their deeds. Some Christians do that. Not in the 21st century, even in the first century, the times of Paul, the, some Judaizer claim that in order to be a Christian, a person must be circumcised and follow the custom of the Old Testament law. See, this idea claims that our faith is defined by our own works. What we do makes us who we are. And by following the law, we earn our position as Christians. So if you attend church and do Christian things, and if you give money, guess what? Oh, I must be a good Christian. By the way, good Christians come to church faithfully. By the way, good Christians give generously. Yeah, but doing that does not give we don't does not give us proof of us to be saved. That's not the gospel. Bible said we are saved only by grace alone through faith, not by works. No matter what we do, we won't be able to earn our salvation. There's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. Somebody outside of us has to save us. Purely it was God's grace. Send his son Jesus and die on the cross, rose again from the dead. He's the only one who can save us. Therefore, only way we can be saved is not that we're going to try to do something good to prove that, Lord, please, I'm doing this, therefore save me. No, you cry out out of desperation. Lord, I can't save myself. There's nothing I can do to save myself. There's nothing. Please have mercy that then the Lord will give you grace and say, though you don't deserve me, you don't deserve salvation, because you cry out and because you believe in me, because you said you need me, I shall save you. That is grace. That is the gospel. 
Nothing we have done make us saved, but what Christ has done will save us. Amen. And that's the gospel that we are holding on. That's why Paul is warning us. If you're true Christians, don't fall into the legalism. Make sure you understand that. That's why we need to be careful. Christian life is not about do's and don'ts, therefore. Yes, there are things that Christians should do, Christians cannot do, Christians better not do, all kinds of lists. Yes, we can make the list, but it really is not about that in essence. We'll talk about that next point. But it's really about relationship, being loved by God, being accepted by God, by God's pure grace and mercy. My brothers and sisters, none of us, none of us are saved because of our own merit. We are saved purely by God's grace. Therefore, every time you come to church, you should give thanks to God. Every time you wake up in the morning, you should say, thank you, God, that somehow you made your, yourself known to me. You revealed yourself to me that I can believe in you. Every time I wake up in the morning, I try to remember that. We are not entitled to be saved. Oh, this generation of entitlement, we think we deserve something. No, we don't. What we deserve is a judgment. What your sins, our sins, what we, our sins makes us deserve only the judgment and punishment and condemnation, or I should say hell, literally. But because what Jesus has done, when we are enemy of enemies of God, by sinning, Jesus died on, on behalf of us. Now we can be a friend of God. If you truly believe in Jesus, and if you follow his ways, yes, he, he will save you. It's purely by God's grace we have been saved not by our own works. Amen. Please get that. That's the heart of the gospel. And we are free from the obligation, therefore, of the law. That's what Paul is saying. Don't fall into the legalism, like these Judaizer, people who say we need to follow the commandment of the Old Testament to be saved. He's saying no. But there's another misuse of our freedom as, Jesus, as Christ, as, as Christians, is a license to sin. Everyone say license. People think that faith without works, meaning we can do whatever we want. We are not no longer bound to the Old Testament law. We are no longer bound to the Mosaic law. You know what? We are free. We can do whatever we want. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers, of course, slash sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Circle that. Highlight that. As a Christian, we are not supposed to do whatever we want. 
That's not freedom. That's indulgence. Yes, you still have a free choice to do whatever you want. But don't be confused. He said, we are free. We have a freedom in Christ. But does not mean that we, that the true freedom does not mean that we can do whatever we want. We have to be what? Within the boundary of the law. Apply that to our relationship with Christ. Yes, we have a freedom in Christ, Paul said. However, do not gratify your flesh. Do not indulge your flesh in the name of freedom. That is not freedom. That is indulgence. That is sin. He said, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, not legalism, but at the same time, he's saying, we cannot do whatever we like to do by gratifying, indulging the flesh. I believe that we see this kind of misuse within the church in today's world. No more laws. We are free from the law. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. The Bible says, do not use your freedom in Christ to indulge the flesh. And he explains what is the flesh. Listen to this. Act of the flesh are obvious. Verse 19. What does he say? Sexual immorality. Sexual impurity. <laughs> do we have a sexual purity? In the church today, in the today's culture, in America? Really? Sexual immorality. We're talking about homosexualities within the church. These, are, these acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, <laughs> idolatry. Idolatry, you might say, oh, we don't have a statue here. What's idolatry? If you put your family before God, it's an idolatry. If you put your children before God, it's an idolatry. If you put your career before God, it's idolatry. If you put your girlfriend or your wife or your, your spouse, whoever, before God, it's idolatry. If I put my own ambition before God, it's idolatry. What about witchcraft? What is happening today? All the wheezy board stuff. More and more people are going crazy. Some Christians go to do psychic readings, and these are abomination to the Lord, the Bible says. Hatred. Man, some Christians are being very hateful. We cannot even have any, any decent, civil, political discussions in the church anymore. Within the Christendom, people hate each other for it. Should I go on? Discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Interesting, huh? Self-ambition, I mentioned already. Dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, drunkenness, orgies, and like. He said, I warn you, Paul says, as I did before. Meaning he's been warning this, by the way. To that, those who live like this, act of flesh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. You will not be saved. You will not go into the kingdom of God. Warning. 
So many Christians, or so-called Christians, we said, you are not to use your freedom to indulge these acts of flesh. If you do, check your faith. I don't think you have faith. Paul is saying that. I'm not sure you really do understand the gospel and freedom in Christ Jesus. In today's world, sins are not sins anymore, isn't it? What is considered evil now is celebrated as a good. The culture celebrates these acts of flesh in the name of freedom. And it is not freedom, it is indulgence, it's sin. And in the name of tolerance and relevance, many Christian churches are okay with these acts of flesh in our culture today. My brothers and sisters, it's not my word. The Bible says such things cannot be. We cannot do that. The church cannot do that. We as a Christians cannot do this. We cannot allow this. But what is a true liberty? Misuse of freedom is what? Legalism, license to sin. The true liberty in Christ is this. By grace through faith unto good works. So law of God, the word of God is a boundary of love in which we express our love. We follow his ways because we love him. Because he saved us from the pit of death and sin. Now we can actually follow his word. Do you understand the difference? When we are in the slavery of sin, we cannot follow the law. It's impossible. We cannot follow God's ways. It's impossible because we are already corrupted and depraved. Nothing in us can actually make us. We cannot earn salvation through doing good deeds. And that good deed is never perfect. But when Christ saved you by his pure grace, he chose you, revealed himself to you in the knowledge of the gospel. And as you are saved, guess what? Now God says, I will give you a new spirit. And then with a new spirit, you can actually follow my word. Not as a slave, but as a children of God. Now my word, my words, my laws, now you can do it. Because I will make you enable you to do it. We will revisit that thought. But let me just continue here. After warning, Paul continues to explain the very purpose of us being free in Christ. Why is he doing this for us? Why does God want to free us? Of course, he loves us. He wants to save us from judgment and death and condemnation, from hell, Gehenna. But if you think about it, we are set free so that we can actually love God. We can actually live our lives. We can actually enjoy what God has given us, your life. He's freeing us from sin because he wants you to 
Be free to live. Enjoy your freedom. Enjoy with me. Build a relationship with me. Love me. Receive my love. Let's be together. That is why he saved us. He wants to marry us, literally, the marriage of the Lamb. But that's why he redeemed us from sin, so that he can be with us. So that we can be with him. So if you think about it, why did God save us and give us the freedom? So that as a free man and woman, we can actually approach God. And as a free children of God, we can actually build a relationship with God and worship him forever. Amazing, isn't it? That means we are set free to do what is right. We are set free to seek God's kingdom and righteousness. We are set free to build a relationship with Christ. We are set free to be children of God. We are set free so that we can participate in what He is doing, being with Him, partnering with Him. You're filling the blank. Now we are free. We are set free. Not to indulge the sins and sinful ways. No. He said, we are set free to bear fruit of the Holy Spirit. And he kind of comes in verse 22. He actually explains that. Do not use your freedom to indulge your flesh. Do whatever you want. These are the acts of the, the flesh. Sexual immoralities and you name it. Right? And he says, now in your freedom... Now you are, you are able, now I'm going to empower you, I'm going to enable you to bear fruit. Meaning, I'm going to change you to be like me. I'm going to change you to love me more. I'm going to change you to so that you can actually observe, actually follow the word of God. And he says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passion and desire. Since we live now by faith, let us keep up in step with the Spirit. Meaning, now we are free. Now you are able. I'm going to enable you to bear these kinds of fruit. Meaning you shall live in freedom, in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, forgiveness. I mean, for goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We can actually have self-control now. We can actually understand what love is. We can actually enjoy joy in the midst of all the crazy things happening around the world, in the midst of the t- my enemy trying to kill us. By the way, I'm borrowing the words of David. In the midst of all kinds of enemy trying to kill me, you prepare a table for me to enjoy. What a statement of faith. In the midst of all kinds of crazy things happening in our culture today, we can still enjoy joy. We can actually experience joy. We can experience peace. And you can be very patient and forbearance. Oh, patience is not in my dictionary, some people say. Me too. I was not the man of patience. 
but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, God says, I'm going to help you, enable you, empower you. I'm going to change you. You know, some of you, you, some of you don't know this, but as your pastor, see you, some of you came to know Christ in this church and you've been growing. Man, you have been changed a lot. Before, you weren't, some of you weren't really patient. But now you have become patient, man and woman. Now, before you did not understand what joy was, you are always like this. All the time. Something bothering you all the time. By the way, nothing really has changed much, but your part has changed. Your spirit has changed. Your perception has changed. Now you are experiencing joy, peace. Some of you are unkind, but now you're learning to be kind. All of us. That's the power of Christ, Holy Spirit working in us. And this is what he's saying. I set you free from sin, from the power of sin, so that you can, what? Experience the Holy Spirit in your life. He's going to help you, enable you, empower you to bear these fruits. That's what Paul is saying. So do not indulge your freedom and do not indulge your flesh by using your freedom in Christ, but rather, what? Use your freedom. Now you can bear much fruit in the Holy Spirit. We are free to love God. We are free to do what is right. We are never free to do whatever we want. Remember that. That's not what Jesus is teaching us. We are set free to love God and love others. And he actually says, we are to love one another. And for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know what that means? Our love for God, now, as a free man and woman, we can love God, and that love for God must be translated into our love for other people. You know how I know that you are mature Christians? How you love other people around you. Start with your own church family. Start with your own people around you. Oh, but some of us, we still struggle with our flesh. That we feel jealousy or we feel what, whatever, that you cannot let go. Just little things that they do. Ah! How can they do that? We cannot even forgive or let go. We have a problem, isn't it? That's not what God wants. He's saying, at the end, you are free to do what is right. You are free to become more like Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? You are free so that you can love other people as you love me. See, loving others is the, the fruit of loving God. If you are in love with Christ, naturally you will love other people. Naturally you will start to forgive even more often, more more. That's the power of Christ working in your life. So he's saying, this is how I know. You have a freedom. So you have a freedom to love other people. That's the what? Level up faith, the mature faith, the, 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 the evidence of mature faith, loving other people. 
If you're still loving God, but it's hard to love other people, yeah, you, you, your faith needs to grow. You need to love God more. You don't understand his love yet as much. You are still a child. Isn't it true that children, the younger they are, they are become more selfish? But as they grow, but mature, they learn to be considerate. They learn to understand. By the way, you need to teach, teach them. If you don't teach them, they will be even more selfish. They'll be more evil. But I'm talking in a normal relationship between the parents and the child. What happened? In the beginning, we had to do everything for them. Everything. Me, 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 me. You got to do me, 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 me. I can't do anything me, me, because I'm, I'm not mature yet. But as they grow, 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 they respond to you. Oh, they start to take care of you. Oh, they start to uh, think about the siblings. Oh, 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 why? You're being mature. Same thing in your faith. As you grow in your loving relationship with God, and if you love God more and more and more and more, guess what? You're going to start to love other people more and more and more. That means your, your faith is growing. You're being mature. But you are still only thinking about you, me, me. Please hear me. Please hear me. That's all you talk about yourself and your feelings. That means you have a long way to go. You're not mature. You know how do I know the mature person? Mature person really don't talk about themselves too much. They don't need to talk about themselves. Did you know that? Mature person, they talk about someone else. That's why you notice. Anyway, anyway, I will stop here, but that's what you see. Your focus, we, our focus is no longer us anymore. Why? We have become mature in love of Christ. Now we know, oh, now you're starting to love others. You're starting to have what? Oh, what's in their lives? What's happening? Hey, how are you doing? You're okay? How was this week? Rather than, hey, you know, you cannot believe what happened to me. Mature, immature people. Paul is saying, you are free to love God. You are free to love others. And you are now you have the power of Holy Spirit helping you to bear much fruit in your life. power of Jesus changing every single aspect of our lives he doesn't change just give us the salvation he gives us the sanctification and he will give us the glorification he gives us literally everything yes he's the alpha and omega he is and between meaning a to z and everything between he is everything he's doing it from the very beginning he's going to end it and he's going to do it with you do it for you as you continue to trust him that's why when we receive Jesus and his love, oh man, our motivation changes, our perception changes, our purpose changes. Everything cannot be the same. Your life is the same as yesterday. Uh, you, and after you said you believe in Jesus, something is definitely wrong with your faith. Because nothing is the same when you really receive Jesus and understand. It is my prayer. We will not misuse our freedom that we have. Let us enjoy it in the right way. As we love God, as do what is right, as we love other people. That's what today's passage is teaching us. If you're truly free man and woman of God, listen, 
Do not use your freedom for indulgence of your flesh. Use your freedom to love God, love others. Use your freedom to do what is right, not what you desire. Amen? That is today's passage. Are you free? Are you truly free in Christ to love? As the Lord is challenging us, let us examine our lives, our faith, our relationship with Christ, and also our relationship with one another. Are we bearing much fruit? Because we are free indeed, because Christ has set us free, then we should, we must bear much fruit of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Do you have love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in your life. Do you love God? Let us come before the Lord and pray and ask. Lord, here I am. Help me to know you. Help me to love you. Help me to understand what it means to be free in you and live in your freedom. Let's pray.